0: everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Mission Daily. This is your host, Stephanie Postles, and I'm joined by my co-host, Albert Chow. Albert.
1: What's up? Listen. 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 Pumped to be back. Hearing good feedback from our shows recently, so that's great.
0: I know. I'm like really excited just knowing that people are enjoying this content um, even though, you know, sometimes I get a little worried that we're going a little too far. Our tangents are going a little too deep, but apparently we've got people who are here for it, so... For all those people exactly
1: <laughs> and i'm surprised that most people don't think i'm overly negative nelly which is
0: i know me too nice, honestly I guess.
1: <laughs> what's that <laughs>
0: I said me too honestly just kidding we <laughs> we are good at ying and yang and i think that's why uh people someone out there can resonate with you and someone out there can resonate with me probably <laughs> so today i thought it'd be an interesting shift to talk more about you know the space that we're in because we have worked with so many different clients. We have serviced so many different, I mean, from smaller companies, all the way up to like Fortune 500 companies. We've worked with them all. And I think you have a really cool approach when it comes to you know, sitting down with our team and helping them work through client challenges or just yeah. how to work with clients. And so I wanna talk about that today because I think it's a useful map for anyone who would ever think about starting a business. I mean, any business you're in, you're always going to have customers and clients, whether you're selling a product, a service, whatever it is, you will always have them there. Um, so, I wanted to talk through that today with you.
1: Yeah. So, right now, if you follow a lot of the solopreneur movement that is happening, uh, we, you know, I think in a previous episode of Mission Daily, I predicted that the rise of solopreneurs is going to happen more so than ever. Uh, with the tech layoffs, more people have, let's say, unique IP. And it's easier to sell your knowledge more than ever uh, with Gumroad, with Kajabi, with a lot of different platforms. Uh, whether And if you know how to do something, of course, you can sell that, right? What, from accounting, which is a service that people have paid for for a long time, all the way now to like growth hacking. Like our some of our team members we've worked in the past, like they do advertising and so on. And what inevitably happens in a service industry, which is um, which we're, we're in, we make shows for other people and we have people sponsor our shows, but we have to give something back because they they don't have no say. Um, and what inevitably happens inevitably happens in a service industry is there's going to be some type of conflict of like the quality of the service and or what it is that they got. And this is where every company and every solo, whether you're huge or small, you're going to have to face this question is like. How do I address this customer concern? In, let's say, automotive, like let's use automotive industry, right? If I don't like the car, the thing is, is the car has a hard cost. So most people, when they have a problem with the car, they don't ask for another one because they know there's a hard cost associated with the car. I can't just have another one. But what they will ask for is maybe you fix it. Maybe you do something with it. And that's what happens in services because they know Really, your only hard cost typically is going to be time and labor. And so the ask becomes a delicate situation because they, so for example, they ask you, let's say you. they ask you to make something. They could be anything, whether it's, well, let's we'll just go with art for now. They ask you to make art for whatever reason, they don't like it anymore and they ask you to redo it. This is where every customer, this is where every, this happens in websites. It happens in podcasts. It happens. And and for us, for us, sometimes we have to redo it because of different reasons. Let's say the person changed jobs. Let's say the PR team for the company did not realize it, or the person did not realize the PR team does not allow interviews. They say that you can't Mm -hmm. run it. So we've already sunk all the work. The work is sunk. So Stephanie and I are faced with the decision. What do we do now? We've done all the work. The work's done. But that episode for whatever reason can't be used what should we do
0: yeah so let's
1: talk about how we make that decision
0: yeah i mean i think uh the first thing and what i oftentimes am watching you do is try and take the team out of the emotions of it because it's really easy to be in the emotions of the work i did that work i was in there and worked on it for hours and yes they need to accept that episode you know that's on them which normally It's like, yeah, that kind of is on them, like for sure. And what I see you artfully do is come in and take the team out of worker bee mode and be more strategy mode. Like, how do I? Would you
1: be happy with that? I like to ask you, like, if you bought that, would you be happy?
0: Yep. Yeah. And so that zooming out practice, I think, is something that um, I mean, that can apply for almost everything. I even think back to my days in finance, like working at Google and I'd be doing stuff with budget and the product team would come back and they'd be super angry. And I'm like, well, I already did the work for that model. I'm not building another one. But it's like, how can you zoom out and try and look at things from their perspective and then be like, in the grand scheme of things, in a year-long contract, does this one thing, like, how could this actually influence the whole contract? Because sometimes that one moment can actually ruin things for the worse, and you don't even realize, like, holding strong onto that one piece of the contract that you're like, this is what you agreed to, can actually ruin something for the long term. Or... It could put it on such a different trajectory of like, oh, wow, I remember that time that Albert, you know, let this one thing, whatever, like let us have an extra thing, even though it wasn't in the contract. Like that's, you know, they remember they really remembered that.
1: Yeah. People often remember how they're treated. So they, they just remember this is how it is. People are often remembered how they treat are treated and. So when I think about things like, especially like, let's say a big contract, well, let's, let's go back to the art example. I think we all understand or have a concept of painting. We paint, right? We paint, we paint a house. It takes a long time. Owner comes in and says, Oh, I forgot. We didn't want this one room painted. Can you revert it? And so you'll have to think to yourself, well, how big was this house? Let's say it was 5,000 square feet. I'll make up a number. Let's say it's 5,000 square feet. Let's say this house is less than 500, 500 square feet. So it's, you know, it's, it's a one-tenth. One tenth. How much did that paint cost? How much is the paint going to cost to cover the thing? It's like, man, but if I refuse to turn this color back, is Stephanie ever going to recommend my painting service again? Is she going to go tell her neighbor, oh, Al did a great job. Mm-hmm. He even fixed his mistake. No, she's not going to say that. Yes. You know what I mean? Like you end up losing you and and so it happens in um it happens in um uh this it, the, there's a book that they recommend everyone who's in uh, consulting services they used to recommend it all the time i don't know if to recommend it as much but i tried to have our team read it like trusted advisor yeah and it talks about there is no such thing as win lose relationships there's either win-win or lose lose mm-hmm. there is no win-lose yeah so you can't think of yourself so if you're if you're winning too hard you're probably actually losing if that customer thinks they've lost, then you have lost too, because they'll never recommend you for anybody. Mm-hmm. And so we already experienced this, especially in, when dollars are tight. A lot of people, they it, it, like losing a dollar, by getting a new customer is so much harder than renewing a customer. And so when it's like, dang, if I think it's going to be a bad experience, and I quantify it typically in time, like what scope of time is it going to take to fix this against all the other time that they've, let's say, purchased. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, it becomes more like, okay, we should just do it.
0: Yep. And that's almost always your answer. And I know even at times I've been like, no, like I've been in my definitely more like, I'm trying to set this boundary. And this is probably like my ego coming out. Like, I don't want to say yes to this. Cause then it's a slippery slope. And you being like, chill, like this yeah. one time, you know, actually might be very helpful to just let this one slide. We won't even remember it stuff. And like, you've had to kind of talk me off that cliff as well. and it's always helped just by doing that one extra little favor. And it's never actually gotten us into uh, like a bad spot. I wouldn't say.
1: Yeah. And so like a great way to think of this for anyone who's trying to conceptualize. So let's imagine everyone in your company makes a hundred thousand dollars with salary and benefits. I know that's not the case, but it's an easy number because it works out to about 50 bucks an hour. So if you tell me it's going to take somebody a full week dedicated, can't do anything else to fix it. Right, that's a good thing to think about. So then you say five fifty times fifty dollars times forty hours is two thousand dollars. How big is the contract? It's, so sometimes these contracts are like two hundred thousand. So it's like, man, you're not even willing to sacrifice one percent. Like that's nothing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It really is nothing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's like it feels like we kind of have to. Because if you're not willing to budge for anything, then you become hard to work with. And that's the other thing about services, which I think a lot of people uh, maybe they don't recognize is all services are inherently a commodity. Everybody, if you can, someone else can do it for me too. So it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's making a podcast, audio engineering, painting. Now I might not be as good, like there's definitely people that are better than others. And so that's subjective. Mm-hmm. But in general, I think a lot of people come at it with an approach like I cannot be replaced. I got bad news everybody's replaceable, yep. everybody. So we're replaceable. So I don't want to lose a deal over a week of work,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: w- a week of extra work. Like that to me seems silly.
0: Yep. And I, I think also that reputation gets around very quickly when you talk about like showing up and just being easy to work with. I forget what I was reading where they were talking about like how they bring on agency partners and they're like, of it is like, we just like working with you. And like, even if your work product isn't as good as the next person, if you're easy to work with, like we're going to go with that person all day. And I think it was actually my one friend, Lauren, who I've had on the show before. She was a model, like before she started her company. And she said that what she realized now is that Uh, people who get selected and stay modeling for a long time, they're the models who are actually the easiest to work with. Because so many Mm. of them have like, you know, they've got this attitude. I'm not going to like wake up. Like, this is all about me, whatever. And she's like, looks at some of her friends now. And she's like, the ones who are still doing it are the ones who are just easy and fun to work with. They show up, they're in good spirits. Like all the camera people or whatever, like they all love working with this person because they're just like easy to work with and easy to schedule with.
1: So that's funny. This was actually, this came up once um, and they used that model example for me. Now, the story that I, because I distinctly remember hearing this story was Cindy Crawford. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cindy Crawford famously had a mole uh, on her lip and she was a supermodel in the 80s and mm-hmm. 90s for those young bucks that are like, who's this? I have no idea. <laughs> but I was told the same thing about Cindy Crawford. It's like, is Cindy Crawford the most beautiful woman on earth? Most people could point out like that's an imperfection. Mm-hmm. So why is she a supermodel? And they would would talk about how easy it was, like how professional she was. Like if she was, you know, the reality of being a model is certain shows, you're going to have to have that maybe more of a thin look. Maybe you got to be a more fit look. Maybe you got to be up, like you said, bright and early Mm -hmm. in the Alaskan snow with just a, you know, fuzzy jacket on. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But point being is you might not have the best conditions. And the way they described it to us was like, um, If you're easy to work with, you will be booked for more jobs just because, Mm -hmm. because it's just, it's just easier. And I started thinking about that, man. I was like, man, like, I think to there, there are some really killer small business operators. My, um, the cleaning service that my, me and my family use Mm -hmm. is one of them. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a mom and daughter combo. I don't know if any other people work with them because only they've worked with us. Somehow they've locked up a really good portfolio business. They have no website. They have no nothing. Mm -hmm. They show up on time every time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Super easy, right? Show up on time every time. Never late. Like never, Mm -hmm. never. They do what they say they're going to do. They're out the door when they say they're going to be out the door. Super easy, super friendly. Uh, And they do little things. You know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. like, so for example, if uh, my kid leaves something out and they have extra time, they'll just clean it. And and that's and that's and that's just a microcosm of it. So like we're in the services business, we make po- you know, everyone knows we make podcasts, but that's how we think about it when we get into service disputes. So if you're out there and you're a solopreneur and you're thinking to yourself, Hey, this is a dispute I have, I really think you should ask yourself, how much more time will it take for you to fix it? Because mm-hmm. if it doesn't really take that much more time to fix it, you should fix it. Yeah we're not selling houses here, you're not giving away a free house. You're not giving away a free car. Like it's some of your time and effort. So that's why I think, you know, in a sense, a services business is both the hardest and the easiest thing to run. It's the hardest because man, it takes up so much of your time, but fixing mistakes is pretty easy. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, so uh, that's, that's the way I think of it. And I, and I, I, always feel bad for, our, cause some of our team members like, I already made the episode. I'm like, well, you're going to make another one.
0: Yep. Yeah. And <laughs> Hey, I, the one thing I was thinking too, to like leave this on a, Different point is that I think this is a lesson for many things in life, though. Like not just service businesses. It could also be for if you're selling actual products. So there's a lot of people I talk to on Up Next in Commerce where it's like they will ship the free thing just to give that person a good experience. I think about relationships, like how many times are we unable to zoom out from like our relationship or the drama that we're in or whatever to see a bigger picture and be like, okay, is that thing really that important? Like, do I really need to hold firm in that whatever I'm calling is like a boundary right now? Or if I zoom out, is this really that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things? If I'm going to be with this person a long time, is that thing really that important? So I think, although I love Watching how you navigate this in our current company, um, I also just think like there's so many areas of life, and other companies too that I think this is just something to think about. Like how can you zoom out yeah. and see the bigger picture to like anything that you're in.
1: So this is good. This is this is it's funny you mentioned that. This uh, I I feel like this is a little bit of a tangent, but it's related. So I know this woman. She runs a killer chocolate chocolate gourmet chocolatier shop right and people have asked her before like why don't you expand why don't you get bigger why don't you do d 2 c and i and i was there once when she answered that question and she said well the problem with d to c in which she's she tried it but she couldn't control how long it was between the package arriving and then the customer picking it up especially in the summer mm-hmm. uh so like chocolate melts. And she says, most chocolates like a Hershey's or like, you know, off the shelf commercial, they'll have some like chemicals in it to help slow the rate of melt. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, I didn't really think about that. And so she had to think long and hard about how would I even get this packaged because she knew that she would be in a losing scenario if she was shipping chocolate she would always be losing because you'd get it melted it didn't look right or whatever you, everyone's looked at melted chocolate you know it doesn't for whatever reason it don't taste as good because probably because it looks like you know a baby sniper it ain't cool uh <laughs> so then she she really had to assess like and she basically assessed like i would not have enough happy customers doing this mm-hmm. therefore i will not do it and i thought that was pretty bold mm-hmm. you know I'm like and she runs a good business and. I was like, that's sometimes that simple. Like, that's what you say no to.
0: Yep. Yep. I love it. All right. Well, we will see you all on the next episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it and got some good little snippets of insight from this conversation today.
1: You know what we should talk about next Hmm. time is like, if we had, if someone made us push a reset button, what would we restart with?
0: Like business or life?
1: Let's just start with income. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. <laughs> we can do that in a future episode then.
1: Yeah. Well, cause I think about, like, I I really believe this. I, I'd be curious. We're going to go on another tangent right now. Uh, the way I describe it, I tell my kids this, well, look at them. There's nothing I would change about them. That means everything that led up to me having those kids had to be true too. So if that's the case, mm-hmm. then I can't have wanted to change my life ever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What, like, do I meet, do I meet your mom? Do we get married? Like all these things have to be true. And I'm like, shit. So even, so like, you know, even in your case mm-hmm. where maybe you don't like the dad as much anymore, still you love your children. <laughs>
0: yep. Oh yeah. You so, need like, all that. You, you, can't. you can't change yeah. anything
1: in the past because otherwise that kid's not the same person.
0: Yeah. So then I feel like we just did the episode there where you can't change anything then or you shouldn't.
1: <laughs> no, no. We're going to, that's where we want to change our occupation. That's all.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> okay
1: yeah we'll hit the reset button it's like all right if you were had to restart right now Mm -hmm. what would you do
0: okay next episode
1: next episode